Hello, 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 New Haven, and welcome back to Arts Respond on WNHHLP 103.5 FM New Haven. I'm your host, Lucy Gelman, and I am so excited to be here today with Patricia Adger, the, uh, I don't know, brilliant uh, <laughs> brain behind Urban Grants for Us and behind a new uh, sort of evolving book club. So I, I love book clubs. I'm excited to to get into this and, and to talk to you specifically about the About Us Book Club, which will be having its first meeting on February, uh, I almost said 27th, that's wrong, <laughs> February 7th of 2023 at 6 p.m. If you don't have a calendar in front of you and you don't know what day that the week that is, it's a Tuesday. Um, and to kick this off, your you and members of the book club will be reading Octavia Butler's Kindred, which was actually my first. Like, I think for some people that's their entry into Octavia Butler, even though she may be best known for Parable of the Sower and Parable of the Talents. And so, um, I I do want to talk about you know you getting into reading as a kid because I always love those stories. But first, I want to start with this: why um why this book as sort of the one to kick it off? Well, I actually got introduced to her when I read The Parables. That's the first time I ever read it. And believe it or not, that was only a couple of years ago. And um, I didn't know much about her then. And then later, especially with Kindred coming out at, on Hulu, later I learned a lot about her, how much of a prolific writer she was. And I thought that I chose the first book because it's the first uh, the first month. But in the future, we're going to vote on whatever the next book is going to be. But I think in light on that, it was World Science Fiction uh, Day in January and uh, Black History Month was coming up uh, and she was a female and she wrote about science fiction, which a lot of people didn't even realize that she's our first black author of science fiction fantasy genre and that's amazing and she won several awards for it and the fact that and then she did all of this she has like 12 novels and she did all of this by the time she was 58 which unfortunately she died at 58. so a lot of people also call her the uh mother of afro fusion um because she is one of our first science fiction authors that we really know of yeah, and and this book, I will say, um, probably all of her. I'm I'm thinking about it, and I've read Parable and Kindred, but they're heavy, right? Yes. Um, and, and so it's a new year for you. Why was it so important to go into this year and think like, yes, we can we can carry this weight, and we can talk about it as a as a book club. I would say book clubs skew female, uh, but I'm not sure who's going to show up on February seventh. So. Well, we have 20 people signed up so far and there's two males in that group if they show up and again this is a zoom so i want everybody to know it's it's on it's on the uh zoom platform and if you just go to my website urbangrantsforus.com you can actually pick up a copy of the book under reads and you can join us for the uh our first discussion which will be on february 7th but it is a heavy book and, but what I really like about this book is because, all right, she starts off in the 21st century, right? And then she travels in this book, and I don't want to give anything away, but she travels in this book through the 19th century during slavery. 
and it's during slavery where she actually meets her ancestors. And so the story goes back and forth where she jumps into this, the 18th century, I mean, the 19th century, she jumps back into the 21st century and what happens to her between those jumping. Why I wanted to really read this book too is because like all of those things are still reveling today. It, it, when she jumped back into the other century, it was like, wow, this stuff is still going on in the 21st century. And it makes you think, what can we do as a people to finally make this change? So that was one of the reasons I selected it too. And and I will say, did you know that it was um, sort of coming out as a mini series on FX? Because I, I only saw that very recently that there's also uh, like a series. So Brandon Jacobs Jenkins um, uh, is the really brilliant uh, sort of writer or adapter behind this. But it's a series coming out based on this book that I think has just dropped like two or three episodes. I'm, I might be wrong about that. Yes. And I, well, how I found out about the the Hulu was from my niece, my niece, Monique. She's really into that genre. And that was another reason why I picked this book, because I wanted her to read it and to be a part of the discussion. But I think it's uh, Ava DuVernay that's, uh, that's producing it. And I did watch the first episode, but I didn't know before I read the book that the Hulu was doing this, but um, I read the, I mean, I saw the first episode and it's so much different than the book. The first episode a little bit that I didn't want to look at the others because there's more episodes because then I forget like what was in the book. So I, bef I'll look at the rest of them after we have our discussion. Yeah. And, and I will say, I'm not giving anything away. Um, <laughs> but, but I think, as you said, you know, you've, you've got this, um, the protagonist named Dana who, and, you know that she's named Dana by page one, so I don't feel like I'm giving anything away. Yes. Um, who is jumping between um, sort of this, uh, for white people, a steticized version of the antebellum South and for non-white people, especially black people, but it's also non-black people of color, horrifying and devastating um, sort of place. And, and then modern, the modern day. And we have Butler writing about this in the 1970s. I think this book came out in 79, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but one of the things that has always struck me about her writing is how prescient it is. Um, I remember when I was reading Parable of the Sower, which takes place in 2025, I was like, no way. No way. I mean, she just... And and I'm, I'm wondering for you, you know, reading this, how, how did that feel? Was there a sense, um, you know, was there just a sense of, oh my gosh, she's so perceptive? Was there a little bit of frustration at how, because I, I think I read Kindred for the first time like two or three years ago, and it may have been written in 1979, but I mean, it could have been written in 2020 or 2021 or even yeah. last year. No, I agree with you. All her books, it, it's interesting because you talk about her perception and you wonder, like she had some future ball or something because when you do read it it's it is as if you're reading something from today so i did get that impression because you know i go back i said what was this written i come up when i was reading it because i said wow this is as if one of the new authors wrote this in the current uh in the current time but i think this book is also important because of all the banning of books and the so-called woke thing which i don't even know what it is i i, I kind of 
it's it's just it's important for us to know our history and to go back in our history because they're trying to hide our history and rewrite our history and that was one of the reasons why i wanted to do a black book club by only black authors is so that we could see because a lot of people don't know how many black authors we actually have i mean there's so many i can't even possibly read uh <laughs> probably in my lifetime all the books that are written by black authors but here's the thing for us a lot of us i should say we don't know our ancestry other than the fact that if our parents or grandparents or great grandparents were south from south carolina or the south then we we know that we're descended of slaves but to be able to go back in in like this in this book and go back and actually see who who your uh descendants were a lot of us aren't able to to do that so it's almost like you live through this vicariously because it is our history even though it's not our names it's our history yes all yes to all of the <laughs> to to all of the above so i do want to go in the wayback machine and i want to talk oh, yeah. about lil patesia um, and, and how you fell in love with books, because I think like, I, I want to believe as someone who loves books that at, like every child loves reading and that's always been true, but that's not, yeah. that's not the case. Um, so I, I want to know how you fell in love with literature. Well, actually when I was in grammar school, I had a difficult time learning to read. Uh, it took me longer than, uh, my classmates to read. So reading for me was a struggle. I don't know. I don't believe, I don't have dyslexia or any of that kind of thing. But for some reason, it just wouldn't click with me. I couldn't get the words. I couldn't get the pronunciation. I couldn't get the sounding. And then, uh, so I started reading a little more. But I remember we used to visit our great grandmother down south every summer. That's what we do. Ship, ship us off down south every summer. She read the Bible. What she started to do is have me read her the Bible. So I learned even more how to read with her as I read the Bible to her. So and then after that, um, I still wasn't in grammar school like a, a big reader or anything like that. It wasn't until my freshman year. I went to St. Mary's High School and we had this very progressive nun named Sister Linda. And she gave me my she gave me my first black book. And before that, honestly, what was I, about 13, 12? Honestly, I don't think I realized how many Black books, but she gave me my first Black book. And I really can't remember. I think it was the autobiography of uh, Fe Frederick Douglass. And once I read that, it was the first book I ever read all the way through. And I was like, wow. And from then, then on, it, it was just, I would go to find any book at the library, any book I could find. And back then it wasn't that easy. And thank God for Stetson Library because you it wasn't that easy to find black books. And if we didn't have a Stetson Library, um, I don't think we would have as much free access to books that we have now in New Haven. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's so much there that I want to unpack because <laughs> I would say also the Bible is a first text. Like people think the Bible is boring, but it's not. It's like, there's a lot of really interesting stuff that happens there. God like strikes people down. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like it's, you've got sort of all of the drama and intrigue and romance uh, of like 10 different bodice rippers. Mm -hmm. But then also it's telling the story of, yeah, just like religion and history. It's it's an amazing I think an amazing read. So, so thinking of you as a little girl sort of, and that being 
your entry into the text is is interesting. And also, yes, of course, shout out to Miss Diane Brown at, at Stetson, yes. who has been such a pillar of of the Dixwell community, but also of New Haven for decades and, and decades. And her mother before her, Miss Lillian Brown. Um, so I I also want to ask, and did you just you said you just kept reading? Did it you was, find that you yeah? It was it was that you know what? It, and it was it's so hard because at that age, see everything for me was so difficult at 12 and, and 13 because I went to white schools. It lived in black neighborhoods. So, so there was a drama of that. And, you know, being called too white, I speak too white, then had to learn the slang. I actually had to learn slang because I wanted to fit in. So everything was so tough for me. And I think it was around the time that Roots was coming and just trying to identify as a black person. And when I read Frederick Douglass, I said, I knew then that, that I'm a black person, even though I always knew I was black, but he just really brought brought the blackness to me I guess and did you did so was Butler the first science fiction that you read oh I've read white author science science fiction but it's the first black author I read that was science no uh, yeah she was the first and then there's some new ones I had written down there's some new ones that I've read by some new black authors yeah, and and shout out to Tochi Onyebuchi, who is who belongs to to New Haven, and yes. I'm so proud of that. Although, um, I was reading, I'm like halfway through Goliath, and um, it's it's wonderful, but it also has this post apocalyptic vision of New Haven that sometimes makes me really sad. <laughs> but um, but but shout out to that, and um, of course Elm City Lit Fest, which was on this um this show last week, talking about um, sort of the the focus on both science fiction and then Afro Afrofuturist literature um, that was part of the Lit Fest last year in October. Right. Um, so with this book club, also when did when did the idea for a book club specifically pop into your mind? Because it's one thing to say, "Wow, I I read this book and I really have a lot of feelings about it, and I'd love to sit down with my girlfriend and talk about it over coffee it's a totally other thing to say i'm going to do this organized group of people around uh, not just books but black books and black authors mm-hmm. well you know what it, uh, for years i always wanted to do a book club for years and then uh as you already mentioned diane diane and i talked about it many many times and i was like i gotta do this book club finally um, right after the pandemic, I said, you know what, this is going to happen because I-, I need to share this with other people. And I want other other people to to f- sort of feel some of the same things that they may not have felt if they had not read these books. So I also, I belong to the Senior Planet Book Club, which is uh, AARP, and we meet virtually too. And they do all minority books, but it could be across, it could be women, you know, uh, Indian and once I did that for a couple of years, I said, you know what? It's time for it's time for us to have a black author book club. Yeah, absolutely. So if um, if you're just joining us on WNHGLP 103.5 FM New Haven, and you have not been part of this conversation, I'm Lucy Gelman, your host for Arts Respond, and I'm here today with Patricia Adger. We're talking about a new book club focused on black authors of multiple genres or across multiple genres um, put on by Urban Grants for us. The first meeting will be on Tuesday, February 7th, 
2023, which is this year at 6 p.m. So, Tija, I want to jump to Urban Grants for us and and talk about um, first the work that it does. And then also, well, maybe we'll hop back in the, the Wayback Machine or the more recently Wayback Machine <laughs> and, and talk about how it was founded and what it grew out of, which I know you and I have, have spoken about. Right. Um, well, once I left the police department, uh, what was that, 2018, I, I wanted to do something that I wanted to do for a change. Not that I didn't uh, like the police department, but I kind of wanted to do something that was a part of our community and about our community and to help our community. And one of the downfalls for a lot of our grassroots organization is that they don't have access or the ability to write grants. And it's not that the grants are difficult, it's just that they don't know how to write it and they haven't been taught how to write it. So that was really the first reason why I started Urban Grants for Us because I wanted to help our grassroots organizations to sustain their uh, finances and, and, and their organizations because we would get these 501Cs and then the organizations would drop off because they weren't able to fundraise or didn't know how to get grants. So the initial uh, idea uh, about urban grants for us was grant grant writing and learning how to grant. So I did a lot of workshops with a lot of individuals. Uh, I did one at Stetson and I did a few other ones to teach individuals how to write grants. But then I said, you know what, this, I would really want this to be more of a wraparound service where we could provide a source, a resource for anything that was black. So now what developed was that you have a tab there now for black news. So um, I read <laughs> so many newspapers a day. And just a side note to that, and the only reason I read so many newspapers, I had the fortune of meeting Dick Gregory uh, years ago in New Jersey at a, at a um, police function, a police brutality function. And he actually sat down with me for 45 minutes, just a one-on-one -on -one talk. And he told me every morning he got up, I don't know if it was five or six in the morning, and he read 12 to 20 newspaper front and back. And he explained to me why he did that and what he was looking for, because he said, you'd find, and he said, read the small articles, especially because that's where you'll find what's really happening. And the larger papers don't, don't want to cover it because it's almost like a conspiracy. But he said that's how that's how it was found out about the CIA dumping drugs into neighborhoods was him being reading these little uh, stories that were buried in the back. And I just got off what we were talking about. What were we talking about? I, we were we were talking <laughs> about the work that Urban Grants for Us does, <laughs> and and you were talking about the Black News tab. But right. I actually think there is an interesting point there in that the black press has been such an important and often under undertold story in American history. And with newspapers sort of being uh, gobbled up by conglomerates and funding being harder and harder to get that like it has, it has become an increasingly endangered part of the American news diet. Yes. And, yes. and so I actually think having having a place where you're putting news is is very important. Right. And it's and it's all and again, it's all focused because I do read so many newspapers and it's all different sources, but it's all black news and, mm -hmm. and it's serious black news. It's not um, 
about the actors and all that other stuff, but it's it's news that really affects our lives every day in our society and where we're going and where we're not going. And then it's another tab on there too that's about local events. <laughs> because again, it's it's something you don't always know about local events because you have to look through so many sources. So because I said you do this anyway every day. So right. why don't you put it out there so everybody could just click and say, okay, this is coming up, this is coming up, that's coming up. So that's the other thing that's up there. And the best thing that's up there for me is the, the tab that says reads, because it's a list of nonfiction and fiction books by uh, Black authors. Oh, I muted myself. Of course I did. Um, I Yeah, I have it pulled up as as we're talking. I'm wondering if you can tell me a little bit about how Urban Grants for Us changed um, sort of in the in the past three years or however long the pandemic has been with us, because I remember so clearly, Patija, this beautiful event at the old Stetson Library. So um, for those who don't know, if you've been living under a rock, the Stetson Branch Library is now this beautiful, beautiful anchor of the Dixwell Community Q House on Dixwell Avenue. But for a long time before that, it was across the street in this sort of um, strip, commercial strip called Dixwell Plaza, which now Concorp is rebuilding. That's a whole other episode. Um, but you had this beautiful fair of sort of authors and artists and entrepreneurs ranging from uh, young women all the way up to I, I think I think there were a couple elders there as well. Yeah. And that was in February of 2020. And of course, we all know what happened the following month. Right, right. Yeah. So that was for Black History Month. And it actually was a series. So we had that. And we also had a series where we had an author come in who ancestors, now she looks just as white as you, but her ancestors were black and she wrote a book about it. So we had her actually come in for another portion and uh, teach people how to do their own autobiographies. And so that was very nice too. And then we did two uh, one act plays and they were readings over at, uh, we used Bergamos to do that. So that was um, actually jo uh, Javon Johnson, but that who's actually my brother, who's actually the star of uh, The Oval of BET. So he came, he actually came here, did that for me. He took two of his uh, one act plays and we did the readings over at Bergamo. So that was a whole package for, for Black History Month. I wanted to do that again. And see, here's the thing, and we talk about funding, and, and here's a person like me who knows how to write grants. It's still difficult to get the grant and the funding um, to do these projects. But over the last two years, because of the pandemic, you know, things have slowed down. But now I'm back and, and we'll be doing those same events again. And talk to me about that difficulty in getting funding, because that's something I hear from from folks all the time, especially I, I mean, you live at the intersection of multiple identities that have been pushed to the margins throughout history right and so so you're a black woman um and i've heard from a lot of people i'm thinking of kim weston who is the driving force behind wabi gallery downtown i'm thinking of you know this week we just had the departure of someone um at art space new haven who when asked said she felt like she really was not supported in the community and so I'm wondering if you often feel like um, whether they're feeling like there's scarcity or whether there's something else going on, 
it's just really hard to convince funders that that your mission is very important. And that is true. Here's the thing. There's money out there. We're just not getting it. And I know this because between Freddie Fixer and between my own organization, I've applied for many, many grants. And there's always some some pushback that we don't fall under a certain category. That's the other thing. And that's the other thing I've been trying to to teach people that are now going for 501Cs and their mission statements. Because uh, if your mission statement doesn't fall within, let's say, arts and culture or what they think arts and culture is, you don't get the grant. And that's what we've been finding uh, lately in trying to apply for grants. All of this stuff I do is art and cultures, but then I'll get a rejection saying you don't fall under arts and culture. It's like, how could that be? I don't fall under white arts and culture. I mean, I'm, I, I don't know. I don't get it. And that, I find I find that difficult. And like you said, trying to convince them, it's not convince them. I just don't think they want they want us to do it. And do you feel like there is do you feel like that tide is shifting a little bit with so I will say in the last, I think like two years, two and a half years, New Haven announced its uh, inaugural cultural equity plan. Shout out to Adrian Jefferson, who is at the city. Um, and under this new the framework of the cultural equity plan, uh, a historic event that you just mentioned, the Elm City Freddie Fixer Parade, did receive funding, not enough funding, but but um, funding for the parade that's coming in June 2023. Do you feel a little more optimistic as things shift sort of slowly at the municipal level or should we wait and see? Well, no, she's been great. I, I, one of the best hires to me for the city was her. And she's she's been great in trying to get funding. But here's the thing. She shouldn't be the only resource. I mean, she she got us the funding and she did a great job with that. But we need we have other grant uh, foundations that are out there in this city and in Connecticut that can also give us grant money, but they refuse to. So, no, I think she's doing an excellent job at, at what she's doing and she's doing her part, but other people aren't doing their part. Yeah. Um. And have you continued to sort of see a need because I hear from people all the time oh I don't know how to write a grant I've never yeah. written a grant before yeah oh yeah and and that's a big problem too so that's why that's why I initially had started with the uh, workshops and teaching people how to write the grants and I just don't just teach people how to write grants once they write the grant we sit down and we go through it and make sure that everything is is correct that needs to be sent off and um yeah so that's a that's a big obstacle for a lot of people and that's why I did urban grants for us because my service for them is free you know it's a free service and on the other hand though I do get some because you still have to have income even though it's a free service you need income for the things that you want to do like the Black History Month event um Community Foundation Greater New Haven Community Foundation also has me listed as a consultant and so they'll contact me every now and then when somebody needs a consultant and ask if I would consult for them. Like one of the people now I just started with is a Black Corner Investment and they're on Edgewood Avenue. So they have a lot of great ideas and things that they want to do. So we're working on that right now, working with them through Community Foundation to uh, get them set with the things that they want to do for the community. Yeah. So I, I want to go back to this book club. Mm -hmm. the 
I the first, the inaugural Urban Grants for Us book club, correct? Right? Correct. Um, and I'm just like I'm I'm pulling up a little picture that was with it. Um so what are your 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 wildest like dreamy dreams for this book club? If if folks haven't been listening to our conversation, first of all, just go back and, and listen to it. But we've been talking about the Urban Grants for Us About Us book club, the first meeting of which is on February 7th at 6 p.m. That's a Tuesday. And the first book will be Kindred by Octavia Butler. And if you haven't read Octavia Butler's work, even if you can't, first of all, make it to the book club. But if you can't make it to the book club, please, please, please read her work. It is um, just like, I was going to say spectacular, and, and that's one word, but I it is spectacular and devastating and like all, all the feelings in, in one place. And she is um, someone who Patricia, as, as you mentioned, died like way before her time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what I'm hoping, this is what I'm hoping. I'm hoping we eventually get like a hundred people uh, involved in this because again, you know, I write a lot too. And I realized a long time ago, in order to write well, you have to read and you have to read a lot. And just from, and, and by reading different styles, you, you kind of pick up your own style. So that's one of the things that, that reading does for you. And then again, the other thing I told you that reading, I think reading does is, is help you learn yourself. Even if you're reading fiction and nonfiction, doesn't matter what you're reading, it helps you learn about yourself through the books. But yeah, eventually I'd like to see a hundred people uh, involved in this I'd like to see it other people start their own and other parts of the you know other parts of the state and maybe we'll share together but in the end too I want to do a teen section too I, I want to like involve teens so <laughs> so I want to do a group with just teens and you know young adult readers because I've read a lot of those too by black authors there's so many this is so much stuff out there but there's one black author that I've read speaking of young adult and um I see if I, I did write her name down but she wrote a series there was one series called her name is night by Nina Knight and then there was another series called baby girl by C Daryl Howard now C Daryl Howard which is very interesting um when I read that, and I knew it was a young adult series, but it could actually be an adult series too. But God bless you. But what? But really, what I liked about her is I did a review on her book on Goodreads, and she contacted me. So I was kind of cool. I was like, "Wow, she actually contacted me just to say thank you for the review." And I'm glad you you that's what you got out of the book because that's what she wanted me to get out of the book. So that was nice. And that's the other thing that I'm hoping for is that our next pick is to reach out to the author and to see if well if the author's alive to see if the author would join us for a few minutes of discussion. So that's one of the other things I'm hoping that eventually happen. So you have the shelf of beautiful, beautiful books behind you. And I want to know, you know, both what you're reading now and also since you stressed that even though this this book um, is science fiction or even like speculative fiction, um, you're interested in works that span all genres. So what are some of the books that you're reading now and, and what are some of your all time favorites? See, I knew you were going to ask me about my all-time favorites. And you know what's so funny? It's so hard with the all-time favorites because every time you read somebody new, 
you're like, oh, I really like that. But I will tell you, really one of my all-time favorite is Zora Neale Hurston. And Zora Neale Hurston is what I was introduced to Zora Neale Hurston through Alita Stanton. Alita years ago used to run a, a theater arts group and they would do reads. So the first time I ever heard of Zora Neale and my sister was in her group because my sister was an actress that was one of, when she decided to do one of the plays and I fell in love with her right then and there. So she's like, actually, in Maya Angelou, you have a lot of female set. But if we talk about maybe some of the new genre, um, uh, Colton Whitefield. Oh, I love the Underground Railroad. I don't know if you ever got a chance to read that, but that was one of the ones that I really loved. And um, and Harlem Shuffle, he did both of those. And James Baldwin is, is like a favorite of mine. I used to um, like Hughes, but... Then he was so mean as Zara as Langston Hughes, so mean as Zara Neil Hurston, and I don't like him anymore. But <laughs> although I have to say, like um, the y- your love of Baldwin, who is probably I hope I don't get in hot water with anyone, like probably the best writer of the twentieth century. Is that fair? I can we say so. that even while we're we're singing Octavia Butler's praises? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there, have you seen the conversation he has with um, Nikki Giovanni? I didn't know. Um, they so where they're like, um, I can't use swear words because we're on the radio, but they're they're um like disagreeing in the most beautiful way, but you can see them sort of bumping heads. Um, yeah, but it's I mean, talk about another just an, another writer who I think brought such uh, like was such a gift right yeah. during the during the 20th century is poetry something you've thought about having within the book club um you know for me it's not going to be my choice because like i said it's going to be um once after we finish this one the next time we're going to pick four books and then we're going to do like a, a vote so the choice is going to be up to the group because i don't want i don't want to steer them one way or the other i'm not a big poetry fan myself personally but <laughs> But I, I'd read it if if that was a book that a book that was selected. Um, and and then what are you reading? You know, right now, right at this very moment. And as as I have my as I have my Kindle sitting right in front of me, I'm really bad at titles and names when I don't uh, when I don't write it down. Who am I reading right now? I would tell you. But I'm reading. Uh, I'm reading a thriller and I love thrillers, but I read a thriller called No Home for Killers. And, and it's a, yeah, it's a thriller. It's a lot of black folks in this thriller. Who's the author? Let me see how to go back to the front for you. Uh, I don't know. Kind of jumping around. I'll find it for you. But that's the name of it. And it's probably on my website too. But yeah, it's a thriller. And thrillers don't keep you up at night? No, I love No. Them. I love, that's my favorite genre. <laughs> my favorite genre are mysteries and thrillers, especially if if it makes it so difficult that I can't figure out who 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 did it until maybe the last chapter. Oh, I love, yeah. Yeah, when it's really well constructed, because I hate it when you're reading a thriller or like you're seeing a movie and you know 
mm-hmm. right by like chapter two and you're like well why did I yeah why did I buy this book exactly and <laughs> that's the other thing too because most of the thrillers and mysteries or police procedurals were were known as with white authors you know that they because you know there's a lot of famous ones out there but we have a lot of up-and-coming black authors that are doing those same genre so, and I'm going to mention one, uh, Tracy Clark, she uh, wrote a Detective Harriet Foster series, and that series is Hyde, and that's on the website, too, under the, the reads. So, um, so I'm excited about that. That's what I'm more excited about now having Black authors to read that are doing thrillers and mysteries and suspenses. Oh, I, I didn't know if you had stopped. Oh, um. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm I'm just looking at at some of the reads that are on your site right now. So of course there's Kindred by Octavia Butler, also Wade in the Water. Those um, are new ones, yeah. Moonrise over New Jessup, which is Jamila Minix, um, in the Upper Country, which is Kai Thomas. Oh, this just makes me want to read for the rest of the day. Yeah. Um, and do you find that you balance fiction and nonfiction? Because some people like only read nonfiction, some people only read fiction. And it's funny you say that because I make myself read nonfiction. I do. Um, like I'm still going through one of the other books I'm still reading is 1619 because it's so big. So I force myself to read at least a chapter a night. So I'm not so much with, uh, and it depends on what the subject matter is when it comes to the nonfiction. Um, some of it could be tough to read. I don't know what's up with nonfiction authors, but they sometimes make the text a little difficult where I have to read the paragraph four times to understand what the concept is. And I, and, and I don't like that. I want to be able to speed through the book. But yeah, I actually forced myself to read nonfiction. Well, before we go, um, so if people have- We're done already? Well, not not quite yet. Oh, okay. Not quite yet, almost, but not quite yet. Okay. Um, so if if people are just joining us, this is Arts Respond on WNHHLP 103.5 FM New Haven. I'm Lucy Gelman, and today my host is Patricia Adger, the brilliant uh, <laughs> brain behind Urban Grants for us, and and many. Th- I mean, Patricia, you've you've sort of um, been very much a Renaissance woman in New Haven. We could have a whole episode about the, well, and we have had a whole episode about the Elm City Freddie Fixer Parade. And your involvement with that um, and different civic organizations and and also your advocacy around, uh, I would say, making uh, Fairhaven quieter. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, I'm yeah. still going through that. I was yeah. actually surprised you can't hear the dog barking. Oh, yeah. So so for those who don't know, um, Patricia lives close to Paw Haven which uh, if you have been on State Street at almost any hour of the day or night, you hear before you see it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I did want to go back to something that you said sort of in passing, which was about the pushback happening now across the country, including in Connecticut, we're not immune to it, around literature. Yeah. And specifically, I think... Um, libraries so both town libraries and city libraries but also school libraries have seen a lot of pushback around black authors non-black authors of color and lgbtqia sort of plus authors and parents have come forward and and sometimes organizations that usually have names like defending freedom in america and they have nothing to do with freedom or america um 
that are trying to bring books out of the library. So in Texas, I think a year and a half ago, there was a group that um, rallied, I believe, successfully to pull Jerry Craft from the library. If people don't know who Jerry Craft is, he is a, a wonderful author who has done these graphic novels that are all about coming of age. And yes, he's a Black author, but um, I will say as someone who has read his novels with young people, they um, they transcend any sort of racial background and really have a lot to say about just what it means to be a teenager and to be figuring your life out. Um, and, and Octavia Butler, I think, is a name that might fall under fire from some of these groups. And so are you also responding to that? Yeah, it's interesting because you know, here's the thing. We just we just keep going backwards. I mean, it's the same thing like the Civil War. The South rewrote the history of the Civil War to make it seem like the Civil War wasn't about slavery, which we all know it was about slavery. And they rewrote the history. It's the same thing happening now. They're trying to rewrite our history again and trying to push aside what they already know is the fact of our history and the, and the whole thing about um, uh, institutionalized racism and the things that we, the barriers that are still up, housing, discrimination, all these barriers are, 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 are a reflection of slavery and how we've not been able to get past that. The fact that banks won't lend us money in certain neighborhoods, all these things, redlining, all of these things are, are the cause or are the effect of what happened with slavery. And so we're back to where we were before trying to fight to keep our identity, because that's what we're doing right now, trying to fight to keep our identity and to hold on to whom we are and to teach others to, to hold on to whom we are. And, you know, with this also, do you sometimes, because sometimes I'll open the newspaper and I just feel like the apocalypse is, is upon us. Yeah. I also am interested in, you know, how, how do you care for yourself? Yeah, it's, t you know, and I think we had this conversation one time before, you know, it is hard, but it's, it's good when you have friends, you know, friends that you could call and um, talk to that helps a lot. But you, the thing is, and I said this one time to you before, as a black person, I've had to go through so much in my life that it's not the same as maybe as for a white person because we learn to to deal with what happens to us and to pick ourselves back up and to start all over again. But not to say that um, your friends aren't also a good source to kind of keep you moving and going. Um, well, that's that's about it for me. Like those are those are the questions I have. But if you well if you have been listening thank you so much if you haven't been listening my name is lucy gelman this is arts respond on wnhhlp 103.5 fm new haven it's a collaboration with the arts council of greater new haven and today my guest is patisha adger we are talking about urban grants for us inaugural book club the first meeting of which will be on zoom um and on zoom on february 7th at 6 p.m that's a tuesday Patricia, if people want to find out more, I think um, Harry Droz has dropped the grant for urban or dropped the link for urban grants for us. But if he is not, I will do that. Um, if people want to find out more, how can they find you and get connected? Okay, well, you can find me on my website, and there's and on my website it tells my phone number and my email address, which is urban grants for us with the letter for us uh, at gmail.com. 
And yeah, you can get me right through there. Um, I answer all responses. And right now, I think, like I said, we had 20 people who have signed up, but I'm hoping to get the word out so that we can get more people to sign up. And we don't have a limit on how long we're going to talk. So people could come in and out. And even if you don't finish the book, uh, still come and just listen to what people have to say about the book. It's a conversation and it's a great, I think it's just a great way of, especially during this time when people are not out of communicating and having a purpose in the communication. Well, I thank you so much for taking time on your Friday afternoon. Thank you it's for inviting me. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for coming. I think it's still gray and rainy out there. At least it yeah. was when I stepped into into yeah. the studio, but it's, it is sunny in here. And um, this conversation has filled my heart. So thank you so much. Harry Droz, thank you as always for I making sure that the Zooms work. We appreciate you. Everyone have a great weekend and join the Urban Grants for Us About Us Book Club on February 7th at 6 p.m. And even if you don't, but you should, um, <laughs> please, please, please read Kindred by Octavia Butler or read something by Octavia Butler or read something because uh, we just, I, I think we need her words uh, in the world more than ever. Thank and you. Just guys. real quick, Lucy, for yeah. people who don't have the book, if you just go right to uh, Urban Grants for Us and hit the reads, if you click on her book, which is the first book, there's a free PDF there. Awesome. So you don't even have to buy the book. Thank you so much. Thank you.